on cornerofthegalaxy.com. It's time for another episode of Corner of the Galaxy from the Box, the show that gets you behind the scenes of the LA Galaxy and into the minds of soccer reporters and MLS experts. Your hosts for the day are Corner of the Galaxy's Josh Gessman and LA Times soccer reporter Kevin Baxter. Let's start the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Coming to you on a Monday, May 16th, the LA Galaxy get their butts kicked 3-1 by FC Dallas. It, it's a more embarrassing score than really it leads to believe. We're going to talk about that game. Get you through it. Tell you what the LA Galaxy's busy, busy travel week is like. In fact, they're already in Minnesota as we're recording this show on a Monday night. They will train in Minnesota on Tuesday, game on Wednesday. Lots more fun coming up this weekend. So we're going to talk about that. Get you ready for that. And then, of course, there is a game on Wednesday. It's Minnesota United. Uh, it's on the road. And certainly after a bad loss, perhaps the Galaxy will be happy to be back uh, playing a game. In fact, some of them even said so as well. So... Uh, to get us through all that and to help us, it's the LA Times soccer reporter himself, Mr. Kevin Baxter. Kev, how you doing, buddy? Hey, are we getting started late? My clock here shows 8.03. I mean, it was like 45 seconds late, really. Well, we got to make it up in stoppage time. That's right. We'll just we'll just add on to the end. The back end is what you're saying. But By the way, did you see Time Magazine came out with its eight, eight to ten best podcasts in the country? Again, and, they do the list every year, and we're not on it again. So, So we were 11 again, huh? It, you know what? It, we're so close, Kevin. You can feel it. But like, we're just, we just need, I don't know what it's going to take to crack that top 10, but 11 is still pretty good. We, yeah, we should send him a copy of the, of the podcast. Maybe we shouldn't. <laughs> Maybe you could send him some of those little buttons you have. So, I, you I could, I could probably do that. I could probably Merc. do that. I could probably do that. Um, so, I mean, okay. Um, you got to watch the game. I know, I know, I know I watched the game. I was there. I was watching a uh, really fun night, by the way. I would like to say that I love Saturday night games. Um, I like the atmosphere that's around it. Another sellout for the LA galaxy at home. Um, and next door was crowded too, because Saturday night's all right for fighting. That's right. They had the boxing and the next thing, which I think was a monumental mistake. Um, and they've done this before. We've had dual events many times over the years. It's happened. Um, the problem was uh, that apparently, oh, it's it apparent. Everybody's telling me that apparently we can't hear you again, Kevin. So I have to. Oh. I ha don't worry. It's oh, not oh, your fault. Oh. It's, it's not your oh, fault. I'll, okay. I'll fix it. I'll I'll do something. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll 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 fix something uh, in this. We'll just we'll we'll make it work on the flight. You know what? It's always better when you do it live anyway. That's what everybody says. That's what I've heard anyway. So let's see if I can uh, I can make this uh, this work a little bit better. And hello. Uh, let's see. I think. Okay, go ahead, Kevin. You talk. Hello, hello, hello. Okay, I, I, I see it. I see it. That which is even better, by the way. It's I, I think one of the we should just charge people to uh, pay us 
so that way um, they can hear you, right? Otherwise, they only get to hear one of the sides of the conversation. And then, well, right? If, if they're going to pay for one side or the other, they would pay to hear my words of wisdom. Yes, I'm, but, I'm you know, sure. I think we also should deputize some of those people as uh, Corner of the Galaxy technicians since they're solving the problems. <laughs> they, they, I don't know if they're solving. They're just uh, they're, they're announcing the problems to us. So everybody, yeah, everybody says they can hear God, you. Thank God we can't hear Kevin. This is awesome. Yeah, this exactly. This is the best show yet. Yeah, I should just mute you for the rest of the show. Anyway. Um, so with the boxing there, and that's what Kevin was saying that there was boxing next door and you know, the whole deal. Um, so, so we look at that and we say, okay, the galaxy and, and AEG and at, uh, Dignail sports, they've done this before. I'll tell you why it was a monumental mistake is as we've seen Kevin, since we've returned from the pandemic is that staffing levels really haven't been, I would, I would consider top notch at the stadium, right? It hasn't been, it felt like fully staffed in a lot of places, They've done a good job of trying to do that, but sometimes they've been a little shorthanded here or there. Well, when you have two events like that, you were shorthanded. I know that whenever I entered and, you know, I get there pretty early. It was two hours before kickoff is whenever I arrived. And so I got there at 530. Usually at 530, Kevin, I cruise right through that line. Like maybe there's two cars in front of me, that type of thing. And I can just run right through. Um that wasn't the case uh, this time. So at 5.30, it took me probably 10 to 15 minutes to get in, okay? That was not the main gate. The main gate was already backed up onto the street at 5.30. I went down a little bit onto, onto, uh, onto Avalon and came in into the second gate, right? That was a little there. So it took me 15 minutes just to get through then. I know because I was getting tweeted at while the game was kicking off that there were people who said they got off the freeway an hour ago and they still weren't in the stadium an hour from getting off the freeway. The freeway isn't that far from that stadium, almost regardless of which direction you get to. It shouldn't take you an hour. And so uh, at my parking stand that I went into, they were just two people working four lanes. The girl was amazing. She was going like back and forth to each cars and just keeping us moving as fast as she can. But we all know that if there are four people there, that it probably goes faster than when there's two. And as things start to back up, there's no way to sort of relieve some of that stuff. So, um, there were, there were a lot of upset people trying to get into or out of that parking lot on Saturday night. And that's probably the first time that we've really had that this year. Well, yeah, but at least, you know, they did have the boxing. So somebody was putting up a fight at Dignity Health Sports Park this weekend. Yeah. It wasn't the galaxy. It wasn't the galaxy. Well, it was funny because lots of people in the, uh, in the chat room were saying, you know what? It was great because after the, th after 30 minutes of the LA galaxy getting, lo losing three to nothing, we, they went over to the, the boxing side of things and watched the yeah, fight. You could get in, you can get in free. At least no one was stopping anybody. Yeah. It, you could head over in that direction. I think you could probably stand around the outside and sort of, you know, look in that direction. But yeah, I mean, there were a lot of people. It was, it was some good energy. Uh, do you, did you know what they did to the berm? You weren't there. So uh, do you know what they did to the berm? They put flamethrowers on the berm, Kevin. Flamethrowers. Why? I don't know. <laughs> and they didn't work to start with. There was only like, there was like five of them and only two of them were going off. And then eventually like they were going through, it, it started to get a little, little, little more heated up. But um, yeah, it was, it was a rough start to that game just in terms of not even just the, uh, the play on the field. It was just getting in. And I know there were frustrated people because I was getting tweeted at constantly through the first 10 or 15 minutes of that game. And even whenever we kicked off, uh, I looked around the stadium and it wasn't it didn't look that full. And then I could look across and see one of the gates and it was just packed. And you're like, ooh, and that's the gate that's usually not that busy. And you're like, OK, that one's going to be bad. if that one's bad, then, you know, the other two behind us, you know, are, are really bad. Um, so, 
Yeah, I think the, I think I think AEG overextended themselves a little bit on that, and therefore they ruined, I think, some of the game experience for some people. Well, yeah, and, and, and with this game, if you missed the first half of the first half, you essentially missed the game because there were three goals by then. There was the Chicharito disallowed goal, um, which, you know, from what I saw, appeared to be a goal, but no, was disallowed. It, was, it doesn't count. No, it was not a goal. Please don't. Please don't be those people. There's, I'm there's, not being those people. I'm just telling you what, what I saw. There's it doesn't zero, matter because there, the referee said no goal. There's so zero matter. angle in any shape no, or form that shows that ball goes over the line. It, it was a bad angle, but but I'm just saying it looked like he had an argument. But it doesn't matter because the referee said no. But so you have these people waiting hours to get into the into the game. They get in. They see it's already <laughs> three to nothing. And people are probably like, wow, you should have seen the Chicharito play. At that point, no wonder they're they, they're frustrated. Yeah. And then the team starts to get the team. You, you go through all this effort and you spent money by your tickets and you go through all this effort to get in there. And then you see a complete dog of a game. Yeah. I mean, it, it, I think that had a lot to do with the booing yeah. as the team walked off. Yeah. There's a ton of homers in our chat room. I'm not so surprised. Uh, no, it wasn't even. I'll be honest. There's there's not only was it not a goal that there seems to be angles that indicate it was not a goal now. I'll say this, nobody knows, right? And Greg Vanny afterwards was even saying, he goes, listen, he goes, I don't know if it was a goal. He goes, but why don't we have goal line technology? He goes, we spend all this time focusing in on VAR and VAR is something we can still argue about. He goes, and therefore all the stuff that I have seen on goal line technology tells me that there would be zero arguing. We wouldn't even be here discussing it because the ball wouldn't have gone in and we would have been like, okay, they said no goal, right? That was it. Um, and so... Greg Vandy, by the way, very astute in that thing. I've I've said for a long time now that the the MLS should have goal line technology, and it's still, I think, two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars per stadium, Kevin, and then like fifty thousand dollars a year, or 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 maybe even like nine to eight thousand dollars per game to administrate and license it. But at the same time, Major League Soccer is a professional soccer league in the United States, right? So. That's not even a TAM player salary. It, it, it's starting to get to the point where it's downright reasonable. Yeah. Right? Well, and, and I agree with you in that it's not a goal. I'm just saying it looked like a goal, but you can't call it a goal because, A, you don't have you don't have the angle. And VAR is supposed to be, and we know it's not always that way, it's supposed right. to be irrefutable evidence to overturn. Right. There's no way that the referee can look at that video and say, he can say the same thing I'm saying. Gee, sure looks like a goal, but do I know it's a goal? No, no. because the angle's not there. Well, well, it's it's funny. Somebody uh, in the chat room, by the way, says, um, Yo Jody says, I just want clarity of knowing it was VAR. It was. It was absolutely looked at by VAR. Yeah. You don't have to worry about that. It was looked at. It, it, it just... The, the referee didn't look. They didn't stop the game no. until the referee to look at it. That's a different... P people misunderstand the video assistant referee looks at it, and if, and, and, but the video assistant referee cannot overturn a call. All the video assistant referee does is say, hey, buddy, you might want to take a look at this because it has to be the center referee. It, it doesn't, by the way. I, I'm going to correct you. It does not. The, the video assistant, he can't overturn it without the center referee's permission, but he can go in there and say, listen, you don't need to. Re he goes, he goes, listen, I'm looking at this right now. It, it, the guy picks up the ball with both hands and he throws it into the back of the net. You don't need to look at this, but if you want to, you can. But I'm telling you, it's clear and obviously a mistake, and that's not a goal because you're not allowed to pick it up with both hands and chuck it into the goal. It's something like that. You can do that, and every once in a while, they do do that way. But you're right that most of the time, it's like, I think you should take a look at this. And because the separate center referee's butt's on the line, and, right. and I think even if the guy does pick up the ball with two hands, if I'm the center referee, I want to just take a look at it and say, yeah, 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 you're right. Let's We're going to overturn this. 
But so that's you say, well, the referee didn't stop play, so therefore it wasn't looked at. No, it was looked at. They just it, there was enough evidence for the center referee did, to say you you need to look at this. Did you hear this by the way? I've been I was watching instant replay today, which is probably the worst show on all of MLS's things. I don't know if they like locked Charlie Davies up in like a dungeon because his audio sounds worse than yours, Kevin. If they need some pointers on how to fix audio, Charlie Davies is either too loud, there's an echo, or you can't hear him at all. And it's like, this is, I don't know how difficult this is. But anyway, most of the time, those guys get their reasoning completely wrong. And Andrew Wiebe gets it completely wrong on this, which is, it wasn't that you could clearly tell it wasn't a goal. The bottom line is, there's zero angle anywhere, including the LA Galaxy, who put who put on social media the closest angle that we could see that proves that the ball went over the line. And that's sort of where it goes. But even on instant replay... Um, they said that all of VAR now is being done from a central location in Atlanta. Yeah, in Atlanta. Isn't that interesting? I didn't know that they did that. By the way, I'm all for that. I think it should be a central location. I think that they should have just one place and those guys all review it and that's fine and I have no problems with it, right? Um, you want to hear another rumor about MLS moving things? <laughs> okay. Somebody who... Somebody who works in the MLS office in New York, uh-huh. someone that I that I deal with, mm-hmm. so you can guess in what department he may work in, um, told me that he is not going to be doing many of the things that I asked him for help with and said that he may be moving to Mexico. He didn't say he was leaving MLS. Mm. That leads me to believe that that this this relationship with Liga MX is leading MLS to move to set up an office down there. Is this like whenever Chris Klein was selling his house and everybody got excited whenever they thought he was leaving? Is that is well, that like the, a similar it, thing? It's either that or this guy's going to work remotely from Mexico um, and just, you know, watch MLS and, and, and handle MLS business from Mexico, but he doesn't really need to be in Mexico. He can do it from anywhere. <sighs> I'm going to go with, uh, there may be a, a increased relationship with league MX and in, in the works. I mean, there already is. We know that leagues cup is coming, yeah. but you know, we'll see. They, I don't know that they need to have a full on joining of the two leagues in order to get the benefits that they want being, they're going to have a month long tournament against each other starting next year. And, and, and by the way, when I say office, it's probably is one guy, so <laughs> it's a small office. But, you know, it, it, that's a pretty complicated tournament. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of teams down there. It would probably make sense to have somebody on the ground to sort of help them through. Uh, whenever we look at the lineup, uh, a little change in here. And uh, it was a little surprise on uh, for some, certainly, uh, with Chase Gasper getting the start because Raheem Edwards was out with a calf muscle issue. Um, Greg Vanny said afterwards it was an extremely minor calf muscle issue. Uh, and he was hopeful that he would be back in training this week uh, meaning today, basically Monday, because uh, the Galaxy did train today on Monday, um, and then they took off for Minnesota later. So they'll train in Minnesota tomorrow on Tuesday. So they, he expected Edwards to be part of that and playing. Another guy who was out for this was uh, Leardam. Uh, Leardam was out with personal reasons, not an injury. Um, everything seems like it's fine. We should have not COVID. Yeah, not COVID. We should know more on that hopefully in this next week. Um, whether or not uh, they're going to announce all that stuff. So we'll pay attention to that. Victor Vasquez. He's, he's, he's fine, though. Yeah. I mean, no need, no need to worry about him. He's fine. He just had personal uh, business he had to take care of. Uh, Vasquez. Uh, Victor Vasquez was on the bench for this one. And obviously, we talked about uh, Chase Gasper getting the start. Tough, tough, tough start, start for Gasper whenever you realize he hasn't played a whole bunch. He hasn't gotten a whole bunch of minutes. And he's asked to go ahead and fill in uh, against a very speedy Dallas team. 
Um, and, you know, one of the things that we haven't really had to worry about so far this year, outside of some set piece issues, Kevin, has been the LA Galaxy's defense, right? It's been the rock. It's been the solid sort of foundation that the Galaxy have built on. It's one of the reasons that they have so many wins. It's one of the reasons they had a top defense, and they were going against one of the top defenses in Major League Soccer. They were both tied with seven goals uh, against. Uh, they left with the LA Galaxy having, having given up 10 goals uh, the entire season and FC Dallas having given up eight goals the entire season. So, uh, you know, score one for FC Dallas. They're actually score three for FC Dallas on that. Well, yeah, score three for FC Dallas in 12 minutes. You know, the Galaxy had given up three goals in the previous six games and they gave up three goals in six minutes. Yeah, by the, 12 minutes. yeah the, the other part of that is the Galaxy had given up one goal from the run of play all year and gave up three goals from the run of play uh, in that game as well. Again, a little some some anomalies. Whenever we look at it, though, it's an 11 minute or a 12 minute span, basically, where the L.A. Galaxy gets scored on. Um, and then after that, it settles down a lot. Obviously, if you're FC Dallas, you're up three nothing. I don't know what else you need to do. And it should be pointed out, FC Dallas was missing three three starters, one designated player, um, and one goalkeeper in there as well. They all had COVID, um, and the Galaxy came out that flat against the team. So uh, within a span of 11 minutes, the Galaxy give it up. Now, Gasper got beat on an inside pass, which he should have never done, which was sort of the the, the impetus of this, of this first goal that, 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 that comes about, right? And Ferreira easily scores it. Greg Vanny said, Afterwards, he says, you know, I thought Chase getting beat there on the speed, he was put in a tough spot in terms of how quick he was going to have to react to some of these things and for it to be that early in the game. It's tough for him. Um, but the bottom line is he thought that Derek Williams, Sega Koulibaly could have done a better job of protecting across the front of the goal in that way as well. Um, so, Greg, I, I I was interested in this, Kevin, because very rarely do you sit there and look at a goal and say, oh, it's an individual mistake. It's usually multiple mistakes that sort of compound each other. But in three goals, there are three individuals who make some pretty big mistakes um, in this game, which we haven't seen a lot from the LA Galaxy, or if we have, they've gone unpunished for it for the most part. Uh, so Gasper gets beat on the first one. It's Revelison with a square pass to Efrain Alvarez uh, that Paul Areola jumps on and uh, it was a horrible, horrible pass. And it's a, it's like everything that could go wrong did go wrong because Julian Araujo had just started to take off up the right-hand side, Kevin, starting to push out wide in order to make himself open for some room because the ball was coming in, then in that direction. You know, um, if there's one thing I would like to see a little bit better on that play, which, uh, by the way, Revelison shouldn't have kicked this ball. He does kick the ball. Uh, he's coming across the center, but Alvarez doesn't move into the space. Uh, instead, he sits behind Areola and he doesn't quite clear the space. So whenever you have pockets in between players, it's usually your job as a player who's trying to receive a ball to be in space, to be in an open area. So that way your player can pass you the ball. Well, Areola started to cut down that angle and Alvarez did move to try to get to that space, but then just stopped. I almost wonder if Revelison thought he was going to get to that space and then he didn't move anymore. And like all of a sudden he's like, well, I better kick it at him because he's not moving. And instead, Areola jumps the route. Um, or, or Pomichol, uh jumped the route and got the ball out to Areola. And Areola was left open because Araujo was pushing up forward on the right-hand side on the wing. And Greg sort of said, you know, I think it's probably bad timing, but maybe Julian doesn't need to take off there yet when we haven't really established possession and we're not moving up. So you had that one. And then the pass in behind that uh, I think Gasper was chasing over to uh, the center of the field. And Jonathan Bond looked like he had covered with no problems. Bond came way off his line, but looked like he had it covered no problems. Instead, he stopped and he hesitated. Um, and then there was a, a crash in the center of the field uh, between Gasper and Bond and all of the, you know, wacky uh, music that you want to play ends up with, you know, another tap in for Ferreira, who I thought well, was outstanding in this game. 
you know, on that play, because Ferreira had beaten Gasper so badly the first time with the speed, um, I, I wonder if Bond's reaction uh, on that play was sort of an overreaction of to say, you know, he's going to beat him again. I better get out and help him out. Bond's come off his line a little bit in the last few games, which was uh, he didn't do so much last year. Um, he's been getting a little more adventurous. On this one, I, I thought it was a mistake, but I, I just wondered if he felt like Gaspar was going to get beaten again and his best his best option was to come off the line and come out and help him. But you're right. I mean, he did stop. He could have played the ball, and it looked like he just pulled off the he last stop. minute. It's like, it's like he if didn't. You're gonna go, if you're going to go out there, don't stop. Or, or And if you are going to stop, then don't go out there. He It was... It was weird. It's like he's he was like, oh, I'm going to get there. No problem. And then he was like, oh, I'm not going to get there. Like it was just misreduction. Listen, I've been critical of Bond now in the last probably two or three games, Kevin, because he has not played well. His distribution has not been good. I don't think he's made some of the saves. Listen, I don't know that he could have saved any of the balls. Certainly not the last one, except that he could have stopped it from the very attack. Um, it just it shows a, a, a lack of foresight. All right, a lack of predicting where that play is going to be and how you're going to get there and how things are going to be affected. Um, and that's not Gasper's fault, right? Gasper's chasing the play on that one and Bond Bond ruins that. Now, maybe Bond stays back and maybe Gasper can cut into the inside and slow things down a little bit. We don't know. Um, so it, it's 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 disappointing because you look at all this and you sit there and say, by the way, it's one nothing. And then Cheech's header that doesn't, that wasn't a goal that, you know, would have made it one, one, but it didn't. And instead it goes two one right back the other way. And then, or two nothing. And then it's three nothing. Uh, and the galaxy are out of the game. I had a good friend of well, mine. And, yeah, good. And the other thing, the first and third goal, the Ferrer goals, um, you know, on the breakaways, you know, you talk about how, you know, whether there should have been center backs to help out and stuff. It, it, it struck me that both those goals were like a bunch of Dallas guys coming in and one or two galaxy defenders. I mean, it seemed like the whole team got beat down the field. Yeah. Gaspar was there at the end and he just couldn't match for a speed, but um, it, you know, it was kind of a jailbreak. I mean, there was a bunch of Dallas guys There's, coming down and, and, and the galaxy defense were just overwhelmed, very slow to react. They, they can, Dallas has a lot of speed on the front three. They have some really good players. Areola is good. Ferrer is outstanding goal. I think he's the MLS goal leader right now. Um, Ferrer is, yeah, he, is. He, he is probably the U S men's national team's number nine, uh, whenever they go to, uh, Qatar as well, he is going to be one of those guys who has the hot hand. I have a feeling towards the end of this. And they're going to be like, listen, if you're Greg Berhalter, you know, you're picking somebody who has the hot hand out of MLS to bring with you on your trip, right? That absolutely has to be there. Um, and so, um, I think he could be that guy. He's that good. Just the way he runs, his shapes of his runs. I mean, you know, he's going to be better than his dad, which is kind of crazy too. He already is. He has more. I think he has he's, more goals. He does have more goals. But like, you know, uh, David Ferreira was like this force in Dallas for so long, right? The whole deal. And now you're just starting to see, you know, uh, it, you know, his son sort of sort of take it off. So anyway, it's, it's just a lot of fun to watch um, in that sense. Now, not from the Galaxy side of things where he was a terror um, you know, I thought Koulibaly and Williams couldn't handle him very well, but he's that kind of player making runs to the back post, sort of shading off the shadow, shading off the back shoulders, those types of things. So, um, I didn't, I didn't think, listen, I was going to say this. One of my friends said, and I won't say uh, their name just in case they didn't want me to use this, but it was, uh, they were like, yeah, I, I kind of fell asleep, um, five minutes into the game just because I was so tired from a, a long day, the whole deal. And then I woke up just before halftime and it's three, nothing. And I was like, oh, I can turn this game off. Cause we all know the galaxy aren't going to score three goals. Right. And that is the problem. So as much as we just focus on the defense, right? Cause our defense, the, the, the defense that we have been focusing on, um, throughout this time has been, 
pretty solid and stable. And this was probably, hopefully an outlier. Hopefully an outlier. Don't know if it's a trend, but hopefully an outlier. Certainly getting Raheem Edwards back helps. Uh, I think if you get Gasper against a less speedy team or with just some more minutes, Sasha Kleshen even said, you know, it's tough for him to sort of come in here and try to just join the group and then get thrown into this. And he goes, I have his back 100%. We have complete faith in him. It's not an issue for us, you know, the whole deal. Um, that type of thing. But as much as the defense is in, we can talk about the defense and the defense was at fault for the first three goals in these 11, 12 minutes um, in that first half. But the bottom line is the LA Galaxy have not been scoring in a long time. And there was no faith, I don't think, from anybody in that building, including on the LA Galaxy bench or on the LA Galaxy field, Kevin, that said that the LA Galaxy were going to be able to mount a comeback and score three goals in that game. No, once it was 2 nothing, it was over because the Galaxy haven't had multiple goals in a game in more than a month. Chicharito hasn't scored uh, in the last five games. He hasn't right. scored since the first half goal against LAFC. Only six teams in MLS have fewer goals than the Galaxy. The Galaxy have 12. Um, so, you know, the, the scoring problems are real. And, and I was wondering, you know, gee, is this something that – we know the the you know Greg was a, a great defender, an All MLS defender when he played. It was on the national team as a defender, and so you think, well, maybe this is the style of of team that he coaches. But you know, I was looking up some stats here um, when he was in Toronto. I mean, the team scored 74 goals the year that it won the treble. Scored 59 goals, 57, 51. It was an offensive team. They 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 played stout defense. Yeah, for sure. But they also scored a lot of goals. Right. So. Greg knows how the offense works. It, this offense is just not very creative. It's not very dynamic. And uh, it, it's not playing very well right now. It doesn't have a creative personality in it. Though. Listen, oh, we're going we're gonna to talk about Douglas Costa here because Costa had his best game as an LA Galaxy player. One, went 90 minutes. Two, looked like he was playing angry, which was always interesting to see, right? Scored a goal. Three, scored a goal. Four, was probably the top creator for the LA Galaxy in this game. Now, he didn't have the highest XG. That was Chicha, who didn't get that header that bounced off the post. Cabral could have had two assists in two weeks if Chicha buries some of his uh, his shots. By the way, Chicha had some other shots. He had another one from the top of the box that he skied over. It's the conversion stuff, too. I'm not going to say the LA Galaxy created any sort of major chances. I, In fact, you can pretty easily remember off the top of your head what their major chance creations were and max maybe four. You have Chicha's header, right? You have Derek Williams hit a header off crossbar. Those are both, uh, I think, set piece. Um, or Chicha's header wasn't a set piece, but Derek Williams was a set piece. Costa scores on a set piece. Right with the with the back heel from Sasha Kleshin to push it around. That was the wall. kind of creative when you're talking about creativity. That's what passes for creativity. Now I thought it was kind of a nice play. Right. So so that was there. Um, so they had that one, and then the other major one that I can remember uh, is that was that should have been uh, or at least had a chance at it was Dayon Jovalich coming in in the second half, and he got a ball to his feet and he turned and shot inside the box and forced a save. Uh, Chicha had one at the top of the box where he skied it into row Z um, on the south end. Uh, so, you know, the chances are there. And if we go and look at the XG for the LA Galaxy, um, it's Chicharito who leads that at 0.48. But if you want to look at what goals and goal scoring is supposed to look like, Jesus Ferreira over here at 180, at 1.86 XG with two goals on the night. Um, even their second place, you know, um, Stabin Lang is at 0.38 compared to the LA Galaxy and what you look at here, which was Chicharito at 0.48 on the expected goals and Douglas Costa at 0.29. Douglas Costa was probably the best player on the field for the LA Galaxy on the night. Uh, and he really didn't outside the goal, which was a great goal. Um, it's, he didn't, he didn't look that dangerous. He had a, he had a great run. 
um, down the middle of the field that was probably the the one bit of creativity that the LA Galaxy really sort of explored in the whole thing. But I mean, that's what you're looking at. It's very... What did Greg... Greg Vanny sort of was talking about it afterwards, Kevin, and said something to the effect that guys aren't on the same page, right? And then Sasha Kleschen came in and said something even better because Sasha always says better. Th- I don't know. I'm a Sasha fanboy. Um, he says, you know, we're missing that automation, right? Which is, which is a really interesting way to say it. But he's like, you know, good teams know where each other is supposed to be, know where they want the ball, know how they want to do it. He goes, and we're missing that automation. He goes further. Oh. He goes further. Let me, let me finish with this. He goes further on the automation point. He goes, the, uh, if you're playing good soccer, the run should dictate the pass right? You're moving into space. And because you're moving into space, people see that and they're like, the ball needs to go there because that's where the space is, right? He goes, and too often when we're playing, we're allowing the pass to dictate the run. And if you do that, defenders are always going to be half a step ahead of you. Okay. So let's just assume, just accept all that at face value. All that stuff is right. Okay. And I have no reason to doubt it. I'm just, but, and, and I know they're not trying to make excuses, but it comes off that way because this team, the core of this team has been together now for you know well over a year these guys all you know the french guys all got here before in may or before may i guess revelison might have been the latest latest one in these guys have been together they had a full preseason together yes cost is the new guy but everyone else you know the the guy who's been playing the best that we sort of agree that might be the player of the year so far would be mark delgado he's the new guy and yet he's the one that's playing well vasquez is back you know the, he's been hurt but he's been back um, you know, Grant Sear and Cabral and Chicharito, they've all played together. I, I'm kind of getting tired of this. You know, the chemistry is not there. The chemistry is not. When's it going to be there? How much time do you guys need together? I mean, some, I mean, some you, you know, some teams never get it. I mean, that's why most right. teams don't win championships every year. Right. I mean, that's that's one of those things. So, yes, you're right. That it, it sounds I don't know. It doesn't sound like an excuse to me. It sounds like a team that's working no things through. Yeah, yeah, and they're they're telling us why things are misfiring, and I appreciate them being candid. But at the same token, it's like if you know that's the problem, you guys train five days a week together, and you've been together for over a year. Let's work it out. Well, it, it's one of those things though that we also look at and say um, that this LA Galaxy team is missing a creative force, and that's really what. Whenever Victor Vasquez is in there, is the offense this stagnant? No. Um, now I don't know why Greg didn't play him in the second half, probably because the LA galaxy were losing three, nothing. And there was no point in bringing him back. It was sort of like, you know what, let's just, let's just sit on this. Um, because you're coming off an injury. There's no reason to risk it. And you know, there's games coming up on Wednesday. We have a game on Sunday. Then there's an LAFC El Trafico the next Wednesday. And then we have a game after that against Austin. I mean, the, there's a game every three days, basically from here until the end of the month. Um, and then they get a long international break and then they get a long international break and Josh goes on vacation. Um, so you know, there's things here that you can look at and say, but Sasha was 100% right. The one, the, the run I highlighted with Costa, um, Chicharito made the pass. Costa comes in from the right-hand side and he curls. Chicharito had pulled out of the center of the field and moved off to the left-hand side of the field. Um, and so he had gathered the ball there and he was creating from that spot, which was fine because he was, it wasn't like it was at the goal mouth. So it wasn't like he was pulling everything away, but what he was able to do was he vacated space and here comes Costa chugging along. And all of a sudden Costa hits a little sprint and moves through the center of the field and Chicha hits them, right? What happened there first? The run of the pass, the run was made, right? Chicha saw the run. The ball was dictated. And it was passed to Costa gets to the top of the box and he fires the left footed shot off. and gets saved. Okay, that's what should happen more. Cabral is a downhill runner. Uh, Jovalich is a downhill runner. Quite honestly, Chicharito is an off the shoulder runner, which is, again, another ball in, but not played out to the wide. 
I don't mind playing wide. I think the Galaxy have a lot of creativity in theory out wide, right? Whether that's Grand Sur or Cabral or Araujo overlapping or whether that's even Costa staying on that far on, on the wings as well. I don't mind starting and creating from that. And as a matter of fact, with Jovalich, I would actually start him a little wider than where he's at because I think I like him outside to inside more, um, getting him pointed that goal. But the Galaxy aren't getting guys running downhill receiving the ball. When Jovalich played, one of the reasons that Jovalich was not effective in this game, Kevin, is because the Galaxy were playing the ball to his feet with his back against goal. What is he? He's not Alan Gordon. Stop playing it to his feet with his back against the goal. You have to play these guys through. Chicha is in a slump. You talked about it. Hasn't scored in five games. Chicha's in a slump because the LA Galaxy can't feed him, right? The guy's starving out there. Um, and so now when he is getting chances, he's putting all of his marbles into one basket. And now he's overcooking them because he's like, I have to score. This might be my only chance. Well, you know, he's a guy that has not typically in his career had a lot of assists, but that pass to Costa was a really good pass. He can pass when he has to, you know, when he has the opportunity. He, it, it's not like he can't do it. He's pretty good at that. And I'm wondering maybe if, again, I think opposing defenses are, you know, set their sights on Chicharito. I wonder if a way of getting him out of this slump and getting some of this offense going is maybe Chicha becomes a distributor a little bit more. He can pass. We saw that. And he almost set up a goal with, with Costa. We, we, were, uh, we were talking about this before we came on. So one of the reasons that I had such a good time at the game on Saturday, which none of you would have had the uh, pleasure of doing, was I got to sit next to one of my favorite people, which is John Arnold. John writes for the Striker in Texas. He covers FC Dallas, covers all the Texas teams. He's on a couple podcasts, covers CONCACAF, covers... I, I, yeah, his CONCACAF blog is, is, is outstanding. really, really good. John, Amazing. Uh, uh, Arnold, comma, John. You have to spell comma out. Uh, and John, I think, is J-O-N. Um, it's J-O-N. Yeah, at Arnold, comma, John is his Twitter. Please go follow him. He's great. But anyway, John is a good friend of mine. I didn't know he was coming, and so I was super excited. So we got to sit next to each other and talk. But one of the things he said about Chicha, because Chicha had done this right whenever we were talking about it, I said, you know, a lot of people get on Chicharito for dropping back off that line. And I'm like, I'm okay with it because he's a good passer. And John goes, you know, I've watched Chicha play for the Mexican national team. I've watched him play for all this. He's an excellent distributor. He can get the ball to where it needs to go. And he goes, and a lot of times, he ends up in the right place on the back side of it, which is basically my argument as well. So um, it, it, that is something that is there. Uh, it was interesting to see his take on Efrain Alvarez because he gets to hear about Efrain more than he gets to watch him play. And I was sort of saying, OK, you just watch him play and you tell me you tell me whether or not you think this guy's going to play on the Mexican national team anytime soon. Right. And so um, I think you can imagine what he saw after after this game. Um, so. That's the big problem. We, there's a creativity problem. We've talked about this. This isn't this isn't something new. Um, I still think some of that gets fixed whenever you can move Efrain Alvarez off the field and Victor Vasquez comes back in. But Victor Vasquez isn't a long term solution. So the L.A. Galaxy, Kevin, are going to have to find somebody to do something to be able to provide that creativity. And the guys who are out there, and even if you sub it, um, even if you get Grant Sear, Grant Sear is like Cabral, right? I mean, for the most part, they play the same position. So that's that's similar. They're, I don't think you change anything when you do it. When you bring Jovalich on, do you get anything different than whenever you have Chicharito on? Or do you just get two guys who now need to be fed into these diagonal spaces that nobody well, wants it, to play? It, if you're having Chicharito feed day on, then maybe that's the solution. Again, give Chicharito a little bit more of different responsibility because, again, he's in a slump. You know, scores, like you said, they need to be fed. You know, they need to score to feel confident. Maybe you just maybe the, the answer with Chicharito is, look, we're going to change 
your your duties here a little bit more. We want you to feed Dayon. We want you to to sort of be a distributor. I'm not saying change his role forever. Just help him get his feet back under him again. He's he's. I think he's. You talked about the shots that he's been skying. I think there's a little bit of a confidence problem. I think he's trying too hard right now. Yeah, uh, Blue Ninja, by the way, says, you know, Vanny needs to understand the players he is choosing cannot play whatever it is he wants. I disagree. I think they can. Um, And I think one of the reasons that you're seeing a continuous lineup or a consistent lineup is that Vanny is trying to give them every option to create this um, understanding, this automation, right, that that Sasha Kleshen says. But but can Sasha Kleshen just come host this podcast instead of me? Like whenever I go on vacation, can Sasha just do it? I I do want to approach him and be like, so whenever you're done playing, you should probably do a podcast and I'm probably the guy that can help you do that. Just FYI. Um, but anyway, that's a that's a different thing. By the way, Mike Gray, Mike Gray gave us a five dollar uh, super chat. Says nice sh- nice shirt, Kev. Uh, <laughs> he he likes your shirt, so very good. Also, uh, he continues since we're talking John and journal- journalism, get a subscription to Striker Texas. They do a great job, really really fun. Yeah, they so. really do. But by the way, you were talking earlier about the defense, and I just want to say, you know, I I was never drinking the Kool Aid. I never thought they were as good as that team that had what four shutouts in nine games or eight mm-hmm. games. I never really thought they were that good. Mm-hmm. I was waiting for a game like this, but I don't think they're this bad either. I think this was an anomaly, and I think that's, they were playing a little bit. Such over a head. fence to walk. Just make a decision. Either they're not as good, or they're not. What is it? They are. I'm telling you right now, this is an anomaly. Right now. Oh no, it is. But I, I also don't think we're going to see, uh, you know, like uh, they gave up three goals in six games. I don't think that's going to be consistent. I, I think they're, you know, a goal. A game, you know, when the goal against average is figured out, it'll be about 1.2, 1.5 maybe. Right. So they've got some goals that they have to give up. It's not going to be three a game. They're not going to get beat like, mm-hmm. you know, Bond's not going to get beat because he's at 40 yards outside the box. But, I, I, you know, at the same token, I don't see, you know, every week being a shutout either. I have I have something for you then. In the next 10 games, how many shutouts do the LA Galaxy get? I, I put the I put the number no 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 you just have to do it blindly I don't want you to like think about this I will put the over under at four four out of the next ten is it over or under what 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 do you mean four out of the next ten our four shutouts four. I'm giving you four oh. shutouts out of the next ten is it over or under uh, it's under okay they're not gonna get four shutouts all right I think I think I'm right there um, I think I'm right there at, at at a push I think I I think I pick four well I think I think they're they're that. I think they're that good with Raheem Edwards back there. I think they're fine. Um, I think Gasper will be okay in the in the future. Um, he played well in the Austin game. Everyone's bagging on him, and he did pretty well in the Austin game. He was he he was not good, but it was positioning. It was not knowing where your teammates are supposed to be. It was a whole bunch of that like stuff that you're like, he'll figure that out. I'm not worried about him. Uh, he seems like he's he's a smart guy and the galaxy have him i think until 2025 yeah 2025 that's his contract is through 2025 um so that's four years basically the whole deal um by the way uh sauce uh saucezilla i i have to say in our chat room has given us uh, a two dollar super chat so we appreciate that thank you very much um yeah i'm i'm not i i thought costa played a played a good game for him uh, i don't know I like- when he assaulted the fourth official, I'm not really quite sure what that was about, but it did show a little bit of fire, and I hadn't seen that from him previously. Um, Maybe yeah, not smart. He was on a yellow. And, yeah, know. yeah. By the way, uh, I should point out, uh, Saucilla is a Dallas fan, so um, so giving us money, but and celebrating the win. So yeah, I, I I think you. By the way, if you smack the LA Galaxy across the face like that, you should get to come into this chat room and celebrate a win, especially if you pay us two dollars. 
right? You know, you you, you were st- starting off the show talking about how how good Dallas looked and they were missing a bunch of starters. Mm-hmm. You know, what that means to me is it's a really good team. They Dallas are. has been down for a while. Yeah, but um, but Dallas is you know Dallas's mo, which is oh look how good we are. We're the best team in Major League Soccer. Oh nope, second half of the season. Sorry, never mind. Um, by the way, Aaron has given us a $5 super chat and says, call me an optimist, but if Dallas hadn't scored those three goals, we could have won one, nothing. See, Aaron gets it. He, he is, he is smart. By the way, another super chat, another dollar from Saucilla. Wow. This know, is like the Jerry Lewis telethon. It is. And quite honestly, I want to see if Saucilla celebrating the Dallas one can get to 20 or $50 today. So just rack it up, <laughs> rack it up. Uh, a, a dollar for every every goal. <laughs> a dollar for every goal. Um, no, it was rolled over. This is listen. This is not a good game for the LA Galaxy. Somebody said, you know, it was '90s night, right? And somebody said, well, I knew it was like a throwback night, but I didn't know it was throwback to 2017. Um, and that's Ooh. that was good. By the way, that is the kind of lack of hope that I think everybody could feel. And I agree that at three nothing, you're like Galaxy aren't coming aren't coming back from this. So they have some problems. Coming in, and they had, they had more mascots than goals. They did have more mascots. Twizzle, by the way, Twizzle now banned forever, right? Because you can't get beat three to three to one. That's right. Um, yeah. And bring a bring that Twizzle Twizzle back. That's done. You, you know who we need back? Emma Malia. Yeah, you think that's going to solve all the problems? I told you, she's like well, she's like twenty one now. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was that still long ago. Am- Still the most amazing national anthem performance of all time. <laughs> I, I'll take that one over Whitney Houston at the Super Bowl. Of course you would. You weren't at the Whitney Houston Super Bowl one, but you know, hey, no, that's that. What that I'm sure that one a minute. Oh man, poor Twizzle. Uh, just uh, shocked there. Uh, if we will, and we will look. Um, I just want to remind everybody, by the way, sellouts because people were asking about the sellout again. They're like twenty five thousand one hundred seventy four isn't a sellout. Nope, it is capacity sellout crowd twenty five thousand one seventy four. Um, they have the overcapacity sellout crowd, which is 26,674. And then they have the overcapacity sellout crowd with additional seats added, which is 26,974. Well, the attendance changes a little bit, you know, with the chargers gone, they had those additional seats. So that upped the capacity. You had those extra bleachers when they opened the berm back up after the chargers left, that changes the configuration a little bit. But, you know, we do have to say, and this is not just the galaxy, this is all throughout MLS and it's why, with some stadiums, you see people say it's a capacity crowd and you see huge blocks of empty seats. The reason that is, is MLS, like other leagues, NHL, I believe the NFL may be the same way. They announce tickets distributed. Right. That's not tickets sold. Major League Baseball does a does tickets sold. That, again, is not a turnstile count. Right. So it's tickets that, so, that, that are sold. Now, someone has to pay for those. MLS, NHL, it's tickets distributed. Theoretically, and I'm not accusing anyone of doing this, but I'm just saying theoretically, if there's a thousand, if you're a thousand short of a sellout, you can go to the top of a skyscraper and throw the tickets off the balcony and you've distributed them. Therefore, you can claim a sellout. No one has to buy those. And you do see teams go to radio stations, give tickets out. Um, you see broadcasters give tickets out, you know, first caller, you know, you get tickets. So I'm just, I, I, I'm not. I'm not by any way accusing the galaxy of, of any shenanigans, but if you wonder why they get to that no, same it, figure every time, it's tickets distributed. It's it's league wide shenanigans. That's why it's league wide yes. shenanigans. It's 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 and all some fixed. Some teams are a lot worse than others. <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of people. 
Um, Looking at you, Colorado. <laughs> there were a lot of people at the game. I, I will say that. For Saturday night, it was good. That's what we want to see. Uh, if you're looking at designated player minutes, by the way, the LA Galaxy uh, designated players have played 74% of the total available minutes so far. That's actually pretty high compared to what it has been in years past. Um, so I'll point that out. Douglas Costa won his first 90 minutes as an LA Galaxy player. Previous long was 86 against um, Charlotte. That's where it was against Charlotte. I thought for sure he hadn't even gone that long. I thought it was 72 was the one. Um, so uh, that's that's sort of... Um uh, that was that was an interesting sort of take on on things as well. So Douglas Costa's there at sixty one point eight percent, so sixty two percent, and then Kevin Cabral at sixty two point six percent. Interesting thing about Cabral, Kevin, of course, is that Kevin Cabral is getting subbed at the sixtieth minute mark almost every single game. Douglas Costa now seems like he's getting a, a leash where he can stay in a little bit longer as well. So we'll see how that rolls out whenever you go to Minnesota and then Houston as well. Well, one thing I was just going to say, Costa played, I, I think we both agree, probably played his best game this week. And, and people, <laughs> get, get you know, his best game this week? Uh, well, <laughs> this week, the game he played this week was his best, best game. Of the season. Right. Okay. So, and, and we have uh, uh, Vanny and, and, and Sasha talking about, you know, the, the chemistry. They didn't maybe use that word, but, you know, that, that's what they're talking about. And so you say, okay, Costa played his best game. The chemistry's coming. He's starting to feel his, his oats a little bit. You know, he's starting to get into the game both both physically and emotionally. Again, you know, with the the emotion with the fourth official, who he felt was was wasting time. I bring all that up to say he's also a guy with a series of injuries, uh, a history of injuries, and we know Vanny wants to limit his playing time. You have five games in 15 days. Mm-hmm. This, this seems to be a very key time for Costa because he's starting to get that chemistry, and you want to keep him out there to keep that developing. But then you risk the injury. I, I wonder if he plays a, a, against Minnesota. And then if he doesn't, he'll probably play on the weekend. And then would he play against LAFC in the U.S. Open Cup? Again, the midweek game. Does he play those midweek games? I keep I keep telling you that the, that U.S. Open Cup game is now the priority. So the Houston game on one side of it and the Austin game on the other side of it are no longer the priority in that week. So you will rotate out of those two games before you rotate out of the LAFC game. So Vanny is going to set up his lineup for that U.S. Open Cup game based upon how he wants to tweak the lineups against Houston because that's really the game that is going to be the one. That so, so would you say he plays Costa this in Minnesota and then holds him out next weekend? Maybe against Houston. I would. I would. I, I don't know that I would hold him out, but I would cert I, on the weekend. You sort of have to gauge the weekend and see how this weekend's going to go in terms of Houston, right? Is it what the weather's going to be like? I heard so far it's going to be mild. So you're like, okay how much can I get out of these guys that I want to risk for then playing against LAFC? And Vanny has also said in the past that he is very much a guy who sort of goes game by game and says, you know what? We'll worry about that game whenever we get there. I'm telling you though, Sasha Kleshen mentioned it already in our post game. He said, we all know that the game against LAFC is now the most yeah, important game. <laughs> yeah. He said something in fact, we can't, I know everyone's looking at that game, but we've got two two more before that. Yep. We can't we can't we got to take them one at a time. We can't look past this, these games coming up. But but he so also he's already sort of set the template of like you know, we're already looking past these games. Well, he said it. He said it though straight out. He goes, and the most important game in that stretch of games is the LAFC one, right? The U.S. Open Cup game. So, uh, by the way, a twenty dollars super chat from the fanciest cat. Thank you, appreciate that. Um, and then Saucezilla gave us another two dollars. So I don't have to read any more messages. I'll just keep taking their money. It's fine. I don't. I it's like you understand. I am greedy as possibly could be so keep putting those in you know we're going to sizzler tonight that's right that's right 
uh, all right. So, um, so that was, uh, I thought the DP thing was interesting. Let's get into, uh, the stats on, well, yeah. on the DP thing though. Um, yes. you, you know, you need to get, obviously you need to get production out of your most expensive players. We haven't seen the salary numbers from the players union, which we usually see early June, late May. So they could be coming out probably this week. Um, I expect the galaxy are going to be near the top again. They were they led the MLS in salary last year, just over $20 million. Yeah, I, I think they're going to be right up there again. Right. Um, we, we talked before the show started about how Vanny's teams in Toronto were always at the top of MLS, always over $20 million. And I'm thinking that's a Vanny thing. And you're saying, no, the Galaxy are always there too, which with the exception of 2017 is also true. The Galaxy have always been up there. So uh, it, it's not a problem of, of spending money. It's a, maybe a, if there is a problem, it's what to spend the money on. Right. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, and... Um, I think there's going to be some surprises, uh, in some salaries, um, whenever, whenever it all comes out uh, again, like you said, I think it's expected tomorrow. So on a Tuesday, so if you're listening to us on Tuesdays, there's a good chance, uh, that the, uh, the salaries are already out, especially being we're on the West coast and those get sort of released on East coast time more than anything, whenever it happens. Um, but there's going to be some surprises in there. I would imagine there's a lot of raises across the board. Um, as there usually are, but uh, you know, uh, uh, so, so don't be surprised on just the, contractual raises that are within the contract like most you know if you have a big big contract a lot of times you will have you know a $50,000 raise every every year Kevin you know it's like oh well I have a $700,000 contract so I get paid $750,000 this year and $800,000 a year after that and there's so these ratcheting effects as they go up so there's there I'm sure there's some pay cuts in there as well there always are um, and some will probably be more surprising than others so um, that'll be interesting Thursday show we'll be able to get into the details on that uh, if the, if it all comes out and we know from his contract, we already know Chicharito is six million. We didn't. That's his salary. We don't need that. Yeah. You need to tell us that. That's what the contract said. Right. That, that's probably going to be one, like as it was last year. I think last year was second to, to Vela. Right. Vela was at six point three. I think Chicharito is probably going to be in the top three, five. Uh, you know, in the salary at six million. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure somebody out there probably knows who the best played. Uh, paid player that they don't need the union to tell them. But you know, when you think about that, you think about Chicharito being one of the top paid players at 6 million. And then you think about whether the galaxy might be, you know, near the top of the, of the team payrolls at 20 million or so like they were last year. I was thinking about that. And and I don't know if this is a good or a bad thing. You think, well, you know, compared to baseball, like there's pitchers that are making $37 million a year. They, they could have the galaxy and the number two payroll in the MLS and, and they get that themselves for one year for one player. I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, on one hand, you look at it and say, oh, MLS is so cheap. On the other hand, you say $20 million and, and one guy gets $6 million to, to kick a ball around? Maybe the problem is baseball or some of these other sports, and it's not that soccer is underpaying. Yeah, I mean, you know, some of that, of course, um, whatever it goes. But there's some there's some numbers overall that obviously we're waiting for. You know, Costa is probably the biggest one, which is, you know, we we heard the report was that it was $5 million a year, so now we get to find out whether or not that comes out as well. So uh, just everybody keep your eye on that. Um, that's something to take a look at. I wanted to look at home points real quick. The LA Galaxy sliding a little bit under their average of 1.88 points per game at home uh, throughout their 26 seasons of, uh, of play. Uh, and now, right now, they're sitting at 1.8. I am worried about the LA Galaxy's home form, Kevin. I feel like they seem to be more motivated on the road than they are at home. We talked a lot about the LA Galaxy having home games and having the majority of home games coming up in the stretch of, you know, May and a busy May and then... Uh, you know, you get into June and it's a little bit, it's, there's only three games in June right now, depending on what else happens with us open cup and all that fun stuff. But 
that's that's sort of where you're at with three games. But May is important because you had majority home games in the league, and that was something that Greg Vanny even mentioned. He goes, you know, a lot of the teams that are ahead of us right now are teams that uh, have had more home games than away games, right? And so you, the expectation is that the LA Galaxy win at home. The expectation for the LA Galaxy last year was that they would be better at home than they were too. And so I think this could be starting to be a knock on Greg Vanny, which is you're not winning your home games as much as you should. You shouldn't lose home games. You should draw home games if you're playing bad. Good teams, when they play bad at home, end up with a draw. Good teams, when they play good at home, beat teams. Good teams, whenever they play really well, destroy teams at home. And so you're waiting to see that. Um, well, you know, I remember distinctly having this conversation with Greg Vanny last year. I think it was to the end of that se- of the season. Um about they wanted um, Dignity Health Sports Park to be a fortress and the idea that they wanted it to be a difficult place to play. And and players that were new to the Galaxy were saying, you know, we never liked coming here. Well, they're probably thinking a lot of the Bruce Arena years where, you know, the Galaxy were, you know, unbeated, unbeatable at home. They're, they're not that way. It's not a fortress right now. And the game that I'm going to be interested to see is, is Austin because I thought the Galaxy played a really good game in Austin and won, and that was a difficult environment, and they won that game. Now Austin comes in here. Right. What happened? Do they play the same way? Is is Austin able to take advantage of some things here? Do the Galaxy not play as as tough? Um, you know, maybe it's one of those sort of us versus them that that they that the the hostile environment you know unites them and they play better under that where they feel it's a little more friendly at home. I, I don't know. They did get booed off the field this weekend. They so. did. They they did. And you know, some people said, "Oh, well, you shouldn't do that." I'm a big proponent of being able to voice your opinion like that if you think that the galaxy deserved to get booed off the field then you can boo go ahead um by the way two dollar super chat from alaska empire honest galaxy fan here dallas is better i'll change i'll change that right now dallas was better on the night clearly hands down wasn't a close match dallas was a much more clinical team they have a lot of team speed they have good team defense and quite honestly they capitalized on all the mistakes the galaxy made uh matthew in our chat room springs this up this was going to be my next point too is uh, Matthew says this was a huge loss. Not only was it a home game, but the teams ahead of us both lost and we and we uh, we didn't do a good job. I'll change that. Seems that every time we want to take a few steps forward, we stumbled. That's what worries me. Absolutely excellent point, because in Greg Vanny's tenure, we've seen the L.A. Galaxy get chances at moving up the table and taking it, you know, maybe the top spot. Or if the L.A. Galaxy would have won that game, they would be in second place in the Western Conference right now. And they would be one point behind LAFC, who lost over the weekend, played Colorado um, and looked uh, the announcers at one point said uh, that it looks like LAFC is the ninth team in the Western Conference and LA and, and that Colorado is the best team in the conference because Colorado was very clinical and did a good job on some of that. Galaxy had a chance to pick up points there, Kevin. They didn't. Galaxy had a chance to stomp on a competitor that was tied with them in positions and they didn't. They lost a home game. They lost a chance at picking up points. And I am not one of the people. Um, I am not one of these people who says that you know, that, uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought. I was going to say, I'm not one of these people who just like goes out here and says that the LA galaxy, you know, um, need to have, uh, you know, all these home wins and it has to be perfect and all the stuff. But when you look at it in this particular case, they had chances of moving up the table and they didn't get it done. And it's a six point game. I mean, because you, 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 a chance for you to get three points, but a team that you're competing with in the standings, as you said, Dallas moved ahead of them. They got three points. So it's kind of a six point swing. 
Yeah, it, it, it feels and it feels that way. And you're going to have that against Houston. You're going to have that against Minnesota. You're going to have that against Austin, all Western Conference opponents. And in between there, you get to play a highly charged, highly emotional uh, U.S. Open Cup game, which, by the way, if you're a season ticket member, your tickets were sent to you this morning, your free tickets. Uh, I heard parking will be included in that. Um, and it's not general admission. It is assigned seats, as we imagined it would be for this game. Uh, and then season ticket members, you were also given a link to buy individual tickets up to eight more that you could go ahead and sign with and, uh, and, and, and buy those at a little bit discounted rate. Then the single game tickets went on sale as well, Kevin. And if you wanted to buy a single game ticket, well, you couldn't. Not just normally. You have to buy one for the Minnesota home game whenever Minnesota plays the LA Galaxy at Dignity Health Sports Park along with this U.S. Open Cup game. And no boxing. And no boxing. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yep, absolutely. Uh, There we go. Um, All right, so uh, that was one of those things. I wanted to take a look at the goal projection because we always like to change it. So uh, here it is through 11 games. Galaxy have scored 12 goals, conceded 10 goals, 37.1 is the uh, is the projected goals for the LA Galaxy that's way low compared to what they uh, normally score, and it's they're right now they're currently giving up through a 34 game season just a little under 31 goals, which would be a gigantic huge improvement for the LA Galaxy if they could keep that up. Uh, and the perfect May is already ruined, uh, just in case you were keeping track of that. Uh, so uh, the There's LA Galaxy actually now six games in May if you had the U.S. Open Cup game. Yes, there is, but I only keep track of league games on here, so that's why that's why it's but not it's a, there. A league, it's a league opponent. It is a league opponent, but it is not a league game. It's a U.S. Open Cup game. So, so are you going to talk about the Minnesota game? Uh, in a second. Uh, I want to okay. get through, a, in, in case you were sleeping, um, which I think some people were and some people weren't, uh, it's Montreal, Orlando, and Philadelphia all tied above uh, 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 next to each other on the Eastern Conference side. Again, I would like to point out the LA Galaxy uh, would be right in that hunt uh, again for the Eastern Conference uh, supporter, uh, uh, number one spot in the Eastern Conference if they were in that group. FC Cincinnati at 19 points, Kevin, uh, in fourth place. That's a that's a good one with Noonan over there and Dominic Kinnear, I think, is over there as well. So uh, they got a good group of people going. And since the top of the table in the East is interesting, but I always I've always felt the Western Conference was stronger. But when you go to the Western Conference standings, look at the people at the bottom of the that's, Western Conference. That's holy crap. Yeah, I know. That's it's, it's bad. Kansas City is having a real identity crisis. People are questioning now whether or not Peter Vermees is going to stay in. Uh, Kansas City has nine points through 12 games played. Um, and Vancouver is the, is the worst team in the Western Conference with eight games through 10 games played. So technically speaking, on points per game, Sporting Kansas City is worse than Vancouver right now. Um, and then you have LAFC at 23 points. Again, Dallas moved into the position the Galaxy could have had had they won that game at 22 points. Uh, Austin at 20, the LA Galaxy at 19. So fourth place there for the LA Galaxy in the Western Conference. Um, and then if you look at the Supporters Shield standings, it is the LA Galaxy in seventh with LAFC up at first, Dallas. So it's LAFC, Dallas, Austin, then Montreal, Orlando, Philadelphia. So three three Western Conference, three Eastern Conference, and then the LA Galaxy uh, right there with FC Cincinnati and just above. All right. What do you think the problem is in Vancouver? Why can they never get it figured out? They always seem to be. I don't. Th- I don't think they have an. Bad. I don't think they have an ownership that really cares that much, or at least doesn't spend. Um, and they always they always seem like they're on a fringe, right? I mean, this is one of the arguments that having a Canadian team in Major League Soccer that perhaps maybe those Canadian teams should go off and just play in a Canadian uh, league because a lot of times they're afterthoughts. It took a huge move by Toronto. Um, in order to be very relevant, right now you have a Montreal team that's playing very good. But does anybody in does anybody in in Major League Soccer really care that much that Montreal yeah, I mean, is that good? Vancouver played better when they were in in uh, Utah 
you know, last year because of COVID. They they actually had a pretty decent home record, and then they went back to Vancouver and not so much. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So anyway, uh, that's sort of where we're sitting on uh, on all of those. Gave you all the standings, um, the schedule coming up, and then we'll get to uh, the Minnesota here. Obviously, the rest of this month is Minnesota uh, at home, or excuse me, Minnesota on the road, then home for three straight. Houston LAFC and Austin LAFC is the Open Cup game there. Uh, and then that schedule for June coming up doesn't start until June 18th. The LA Galaxy hosts the Portland Timbers, so a nice little break there. And again, Josh on vacation. Going to miss that Austin game. Won't be in town for uh, for that Austin game. That'll be That'll be okay. Everybody will survive. Uh, game coming up on Wednesday night. Uh, it's going to be the LA Galaxy traveling to Minnesota United. We told you they're already in Minnesota. They'll train in Minnesota tomorrow, um, and then they will have the game on Wednesday. They'll fly back after that game, Kevin. So as soon as the game's over, they'll get on the plane. They'll fly back to LA, um, and then they'll have training see what, on see what Thursday. Charters can do. Yeah, and then they'll... Charters. Charters let you do that. Yeah, then they'll train Thursday, Friday, Saturday for the game Sunday against Houston. Um, so that's how that week sort of shapes up. Uh, the game kicks off at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So uh, if you get off of work at 5 like me, you'll be scrambling to get home. Kickoff 5.08 p.m. The game on Spectrum uh, Sportsnet and, of course, LAGalaxy.com is where you can find that as well. So uh, Minnesota, by the way, Kevin, coming off of three consecutive losses. Uh, they just lost to Seattle by a score of, guess what, 3-1. to one. Uh, Only they were more competitive in that game and they scored the first goal. I don't know if that's good or bad, um, but that's sort of Minnesota has been mired in a little bit of uh of of some rustiness they haven't looked as sharp uh certainly in the most recent games and so now they're going to put up a test against the galaxy so it's spectrum so do you know if the uh perpetually perky and positive nikki k will be there or she, the they, they don't travel so nobody travels um i don't think joe joe and kobe don't travel and and nikki doesn't travel but they are doing the game so they'll do it from the studio so and and the galaxy travel on what charter company uh, Sun Country, very good. Sun Country, yes. So um, I, I know these things. I know I know the answers to to a lot of these. Um, so uh, I don't know what to make of the Minnesota game, though. Um, I don't think that Minnesota is a great team, but they're not a bad team. I think they're really well coached, um, and they have some really good players. Like Reynoso is obviously the the Galaxy killer. And the last time the LA Galaxy faced. Uh, you know, Minnesota, I think it was in Minnesota. I think it was a three, nothing loss. Um, and Reynoso, you know, sort of again, used his left foot to all of its acclaim that it's supposed to have. Um, but this is a Minnesota team that seems unsettled at times. Quite honestly, it's the galaxy team that seems unsettled. Um, you're going to have Sega Koulibaly missing out on this game. So Sega is out with yellow card suspension. He has his five. Um, and I think if he would have made it one more game, he could have had one, one brought back, but that's not how that works. So who, now it's done. Who, who starts in this place? Um, I think that Greg, so two questions, who would Josh start in his place? And then who is Greg going to start in his place? I think Josh would start Nick Depew in place of Sega Koulibaly because I think that they they did that a little bit. Um, and I didn't hate it. Um, and I think that Eric Zavaleta will probably start in place of of uh, of Sega Koulibaly in this. And this is Gaspar's return to Minnesota. Yes. Right. He can probably clean out his apartment or whatever he has there. Yeah, he, he, he probably could. Yeah, it, you know, it, last time I was in that stadium, it was minus three. By the way, yeah, it's it's going to be nicer. Supposedly, although they had an open cup game that got like two feet of rain, uh, and it canceled the game, and they, it was against Colorado, I think, and they had to come back the next day and play Colorado, like they had to stop it just before I'll, halftime. 
I'll take the rain and over minus three. That was brutal. Yeah, I can imagine. That was the U.S. Honduras World Cup qualifier, everybody. If we look at 538 and just the odds that are sort of there, they have Minnesota at a 42% chance of winning over the LA Galaxy. who have a 31% chance of winning, 27% a chance of a draw. Just on the flip side, we'll talk about the Houston game coming up. On the same chart, they have this Houston game coming up for the LA Galaxy that are home, and they have the LA Galaxy as a 61% favorite over Houston, who is a 15% uh, win, uh, chance at a winner. Um, that's wildly optimistic for the LA Galaxy, in, in my personal opinion. But this is all about sort of changing things over and, and making things right. Talked to Sasha Kleshin afterwards, and I said, you know, is it a good thing or a bad thing? You guys don't have a chance to train. Um, you don't have a chance to fix some of these things. Uh, instead, you have a game. He goes, I'm always a fan of, you know, having another game right away. You can go to uh, cornerofthegalaxy.com or you can go on our YouTube page and you can watch the entire post-game uh, press media call uh, with Sasha questions there. Derek Williams talks and Greg Vanny talks well, to us after that. What Sasha's point was, though, is that when you have a, a real clunker of a game, the idea is you want to get back out there as soon as possible just to, to prove to yourself and to your fans that that's not really us. You can't do that in training. If you have to wait a week for a game to get back out there, um, it, it's very difficult and it weighs on you mentally. I mean, that's just, you see that in sports all the time. You know, if a receiver drops a ball, the next pass has got to go right to him because you got to prove to him and everyone else that he can catch it. Yeah. So it, that's what we're talking about to prove that we're better than, than we played. I'm really, I really want to see how this defense responds. And without, it looks like Raheem Edwards will be okay, but if you're Vanny, do you rush him back in order to play him, knowing that Minnesota it provides a little bit of a different challenge than perhaps um, you know uh, uh, Dallas did? Dallas has a ton of speed, and there's three people who have a ton of speed. Uh, I don't think Minnesota has that same deal, but with Reynoso, he just pops up over everywhere, and as we saw last year, you leave him any bit of space, and he'll shoot from you know 25 yards out, and it has a pretty good chance of going in. So, but here again, Gaspar knows these guys. Yeah. I mean, that's the one advantage you have is here's the guys played with them for years knows them he may not be the, the fastest player but he's going to be better positioned and and you know it, there's something to be said that he knows these guys a little bit um and, and maybe he could be sort of a quarterback on the field yeah uh, gasper has a good chance of of being that guy so um i i imagine that you would probably start him and then you give edwards the look over the weekend um but you also guide that against how you want to look against lafc and whether you want edwards in for that so that's going to be an interesting one again uh i know everybody says take one game at a time and vanny is somewhat that way but you know that with this many games there has to be rotation somewhere uh if you don't rotate you will find a dead flat team it will happen. Um, we watched it so many years, especially with Guillermo Barrescolotto, who would just run got, run everybody into the ground every single game. You can't do it. Um, it will not work. People will get injured. Keep, people will be tired. You won't get the performances that you expect. So a really interesting test for the LA Galaxy now. Not just Minnesota, but Minnesota and Houston and Austin and League. Those are three games, all Western Conference, all six-game swings, as you say, Kevin, right? All people that you're going to get at home outside of Minnesota, you're going to get two home games in Houston and Austin. Those need to be wins for the LA Galaxy, but you need to bounce back. And so can the defense bounce back? Can Victor Vasquez get on the field? Can the creativity return? Can somebody learn how to pass the ball between the lines and go forward? You know, can... If it's me, I'm starting to push Delgado a little bit further forward into that midfield. Let Ravellison drop in behind him a little bit because Delgado is one of the players. Sasha Kleshin is another player. Uh, Chicharito is another player who can find some of these seam passes that the Galaxy need to have. Delgado had the pass into Jovalich whenever he turned and shot. 
Um, and so it's it's being able to split lines and split defenses. I don't think Minnesota is going to play a low block, so I think you're going to have a chance to run. And if you have a chance to run, I think the Galaxy have a good chance of controlling possession and doing the, the things they're supposed to do. But again, creativity. If Victor Vasquez plays, the Galaxy score goals. If he doesn't, I have no faith in that they're going to do it. A couple other things. A, tip, uh, a generally bad field in, in Minnesota. Um, I don't know what the turf conditions are like it's, there. but it, I mean, It's better now. It, 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 we haven't seen those same issues as we saw, I think, the first year that it was open. Yeah, I mean, given the, the hostile weather there, um, it, it, you know, it's understandable. It's an open-air stadium, and it's, it's probably really difficult to get grass to grow there uh, year-round. And, and we don't know who traveled. We know the team is in Minnesota or left for Minnesota today. We don't know who traveled, but I would not expect to see Lear, Lear Dam. Uh, no, on the on the field. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's happening. Um, I think that uh, other than that, I, I don't think Sega. Maybe he. Maybe he did go with the team just to be with the team. But otherwise, I don't think he went because he's not going to be able to play. So um, other than that, I think everybody's available. Um, that we've sort of been talking about in terms of who can start. So that's sort of where we're sitting. That's where it's at. LA Galaxy face off against Minnesota United again. That game kicks off at 5 p.m. Pacific time. So right after work for me, I get off at 5. So I'll be I'll be scrambling. Uh, 5.08 p.m. kickoff time. Spectrum Sportsnet, LAGalaxy.com is where you can find it. Kevin, anything else you want to uh, get through or are we good? I don't think I had anything to get through when we started. This is true. This is true. I kept you yeah. muted for that reason. I didn't really need to hear you. Yeah, and nobody yeah. Know, I guess people, some people noticed. Yeah, actually, I've left you muted this whole time. Nobody has noticed. They were they were fine with it after the first 30 seconds. Once they realized it was part of the thing, you know, the, so there's a big joke my wife and I have um, that uh, there was there was one movie we we're getting ready to watch on our TV system. And so we're waiting for it. And, you know, you see like I, I forget, like century, uh, 20th Century Fox, right? You see the the opening for that, right? And it didn't make any noise, right? And and my wife goes, I think there's something wrong with the sound. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure this part is silent for this. I think they're doing it for like the movie. I thought I was like, I was, I didn't want to, I didn't know what was going on. I was watching. I'm like, no, I'm pretty sure it's silent. And she's like, okay. So we're watching. I, so so we're watching. And then the next part. So now like it starts getting into the, like the opening credits and stuff like that. And it like reveals real slow. I forget which movie it was, but it reveals real slow. It's coming out of the dark and it's real inky. I'm like, see, I go, it's supposed to be silent. It's setting this up for the whole thing. And like, it, it took she was sitting there and she goes okay we just go fix the sound like clearly and i'm like really you think it was thing and so i had to go up and i fixed the sound i went back and then we watched the whole thing and there was sound for the 20th century fox thing and there was sound leading all into it too i thought i thought maybe they were setting us up for a jump scare or something like that you know i thought it was interesting that you call it your tv system i just call it tv or tv set or television tv oh. you have a tv system you got speakers kevin you got like a cable box you got an apple tv wow. you got a tv that's mounted as well you tell you tell your personal digital assistant to turn it on to turn the volume up i don't you know i don't have remote controls that type of thing you just yell it out and, and no, keep me muted there. i can just tell everybody i'm doing my marcel marceau impersonation you've you've used that one before uh so this is a yellow card for for using a joke over <laughs> oh, again yeah, Pro- probably two or three times now at, at this I point i had my cards last week um the other only thing i will close on is that uh kevin you have been doing the show for a very long time i don't remember the exact numbers but you've probably done this for hundreds of shows and tonight, and I'm not getting any better. And tonight, Kevin learned how to mute his microphone all by himself for watch, the first time. Watch, yeah. Watch. See. Yeah. See there. there yes. Everybody's gonna. Please don't mess with and my audio. Now you can hear me. Yes. They also heard you opening your water bottle whenever you drink it because you like put it right next to the microphone whenever you do it. Uh, they yes. heard you set it down on the desk because they heard that too. You you seem to be unaware that every noise you make is picked up by this thing called a microphone, which is sitting right in front of you. So. 
um, you know, just back in my day, we didn't have these microphones. A, another, another, uh, another 200 shows in, I'm sure you'll figure it out. Um, and, uh, it'll be a good time. All right. Uh, yeah, I think we're good. Let's, let's get this done. Uh, if you are looking for Mr. Kevin Baxter on Twitter, it's at KBaxter11. Head on over to LATimes.com for all this writing covering all soccer in Southern California. Uh, all three teams, men's national team, women's national team, all that fun stuff. You can find it. Soccer in Mexico. Sometimes hockey. That's right. Hockey. I should point out Kevin was uh, big on the uh, LA Kings there for a little while too. So he was covering that. Uh, covered a Dodger game not too long ago as well. So Kevin gets, uh, Kevin gets around. That's what I really wanted to say. Uh, LATimes.com for all of Kevin's coverage. All right. If you're looking for me on Twitter, it's at JGuessman, J-G-U-E-S-M-A-N, and of course, at Galaxy Podcast. Head on over to cornerthegalaxy.com. You can watch all of the post-game media calls. You can get all of our articles that we write. All that fun stuff is up there, cornerofthegalaxy.com. All right. For Mr. Kevin Baxter, I'm Josh Guessman. You've been listening. You've been watching to Corner of the Galaxy from the box on cornerofthegalaxy.com. Have a great one, everybody. You've been listening to the Corner of the Galaxy podcast on cornerofthegalaxy.com. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Galaxy Podcast. And be sure to check out and subscribe to iTunes, Stitcher, and Facebook by searching for Corner of the Galaxy. Fans, we thank you for listening, and we ask that you be kind and courteous to your neighbors as you leave the podcast. We thank you for joining us and look forward to seeing you again. Until then, I'm Michael Araujo. And on behalf of the entire Corner of the Galaxy crew, goodbye, everybody.